Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. We are a Star Wars podcast for StarWarsNewsNet.com. I say that because it's a new year. It's 2021, and we have a lot of people maybe just joining us saying, you know what, I want to listen to a Star Wars podcast. I want to watch a Star Wars podcast. What's going on with these people, the Resistance Broadcast? That's us. So welcome, everybody. (laughs) I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us. We took a little bit of a break, but we are back, baby! James and Lacey with me as always. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. How are you? James is like, I can't wait to mute that because it just (laughs) blew out the microphone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm good. Uh, The break was good. Uh, Lots of fun, lots of presents, lots of family. Um, Not like lots of family, but you know what I mean? Like the holiday season in general is just a time to like get in touch and and talk to people and stuff. Um but uh but this year was was definitely interesting, right? Cuz it was the first year that instead of doing like some of the the gifts with this part of the family and then later in the day you do some more and then the next day you do some more or whatever. It was like everybody just sent you all the gifts, so it was like completely never left the house all day. Um just opening <laughs> gifts more and more and more and more and more going through it all and I was like I asked my wife, I was like, did it feel like we had like a lot more to open? She says, well, we did it all at once as opposed to like splitting it up. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy, but it, but I mean, first time we've ever cooked Christmas dinner um, and just had it just the three of us, my wife and my son. So nice, I don't know, totally different experience. So good Christmas. Yeah. Mine was eventful. I lost power on Christmas Eve. That was exciting in the middle of cooking. So there's that. So that meal was a disaster and a half. <laughs> like literally in the middle. Uh, lost power for four hours. Had to use like camp lanterns. And the power guy sat in my driveway for two hours on Christmas Eve. So I feel like he's now my family because he sat mm. in my driveway for so long. Did he, did he come in for dinner? <laughs> he did not. He sat on his phone. He was like, I don't know where your power box is, so uh, I'm going to have to call another guy. The so then he sat in the didn't know where the power box is? <laughs> no. What? My dad, Bill Gill, was at our house because it was just my parents on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But my dad, as you guys know, is an electrician, so... He was like, well, let me get my tool really? belt. So he got his tool belt. He's like walking around my house, like what? poking stuff with a meter, being like, well, power's coming in here. You're not getting a phase, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, dad, whatever. And then he goes out and he's like phase. talking to the guy and he's like, what is, what is he supposed to be doing right now? And the guy's like, I don't know, man, just can you go away? Is <laughs> your dad, dad, is your dad a, a, an old Western sheriff by any chance? No, but that's what I picture. That like with a combination of Ron Swanson is like my father. <laughs> so. Power guy, power guy, not knowing where the power box is. That's like uh, Yoda not knowing where the Jedi Temple is. My dad came inside and was like, "How does he not know? Does he not have a map? They all have maps. Maybe, what, what the hell's going on?" I was like, "Dad, I don't know." <laughs> maybe it wasn't Power Guy. Maybe he was one of those like uh, like the Wet Bandits. Like the, he's he pretending he's mm. something and he's mm-hmm. not. If he's trying to steal stuff from my house, go for it. Like, may, can you please. Our patrons will know what I'm talking about. We may have another event on our hands here, folks. Uh, no. <laughs> the event. Anyway, uh, we do want to say Happy New Year, everybody. If you are new and you're just joining us here on TRB, welcome. Uh, the base is open for you always. We have two episodes every week, Monday and Thursday. Uh, and you could subscribe to us on YouTube or SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music. Um, wherever i prefer spotify for audio that's they're my favorite but um, i should have gone outside to the power guy and been like yo i have a podcast if you're busy right now you can listen to the podcast while you're sitting in my driveway <laughs> right 
and it's this episode somehow and you're complaining about power guy yeah. and he's like what the hell he comes knocking on the door he's like excuse me i know exactly where the power box well, is okay they hooked up this thing to my house and it's still there they haven't come and gotten it and it's been like god over a week so um who knows uh we do need to remind everybody that the mando fan show while the mandalorian is done we have one more episode for ourselves that we're going to be doing this friday live 8 30 east on uh youtube.com slash star wars news net videos uh our buddy clayton sandell is joining us for maybe the fifth or sixth time uh and we're going to do a recap of the mandalorian season two and give the final mando code number away and let you know on that show how you can enter to win so we may have a winner announced on the show uh, that full bounty that we've uh, trickled along throughout the season. So I'm excited about that. You guys excited to do one more round for the Mando Fan Show to put a, a bow on that for season two? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of stuff yeah. that we didn't get to talk about when we did the the Mando Fan Show. Yeah. That now we can go back and be like, by the way, this is what I thought about this. And then now right. that we've kind of been able to sit with the whole season, I don't know if maybe my scores will change a little bit and or my favorites will change, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, because we're going to cover the, our, give our takes on the Disney Gallery Season 2 episode that came out uh, on this episode right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like the idea of going back in and, and giving um, a full view on the whole season now that we've seen it all. But before we get into our topics today, um, we do have uh, some giveaways to announce uh, winners. Uh, now we have our Star Wars Celebration giveaways. Uh, we did one on Twitter, which was the Mandalorian and Grogu Geeky Tiki Mug Set. And the winner of that, uh, a big people went nuts for this, by the way. A big commenter on uh, Twitter, a big ask the resistance submitter, a resistance transmissioner, uh, Matt <laughs> at mib eleven eighty eight. He goes by Matt Skywalker. So Matt, I was going to say, is that Matt, Matt Skywalker? That's the, that's the guy. So uh, you are the winner, Matt, of that. So we'll uh, send you a message. And sorry, my son just dropped a bowling ball apparently on the uh, ceiling. <laughs> uh, he's so excited you won, Matt. That uh, no, we're gonna DM you and get your information and get that out to you. And then, uh, Lacey, what's we did an Instagram one, right? We did. So we did an Instagram giveaway for Star Wars Celebration. Uh, thanks again for Reed Pop for sending us stuff, which would be a tote bag, a pin, a three PO keychain, and the C three PO roll plush, which Ooh. you guys saw mm -hmm. me unbox. So you'll get to have the plush that I touched. Isn't that so amazing? <laughs> Like, no. that is a, it adds it really adds to yeah. the prize yeah. all right so uh the winner is gregos line so gregos reach out all right <laughs> for your prize very cool great yeah gregos line gonna be i always love people's handles i'm always like i don't there's something here that i'm not getting uh, there's gregos some story find Grego. out what perfume lacy wears when he takes out his <laughs> C3PO roll plush. Uh, it's almost Greg Gasoline, but it's not. I think it's Imagine if that's what it is. He's like, actually that's that's exactly Gre what it is. Grego's line. I think that's what it is. Great. Like, he, uh, he goes Gre he goes by Grego and he's saying, like, this is my line, Grego's line. It's when Baby Yoda logs on. It's Grogu's online. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also, all right, now we have uh, our jewelry brands giveaway winners, which was the 3D Mandalorian helmet ring. Uh, go to jewelrybrands.shop. Uh, very cool. Super where, cool prize. Yeah, that's where we got that stuff. So this is a very cool ring. Uh, our Twitter, we did two of these, one on Twitter, one on Instagram. Our Twitter winner, uh, Lacey, you say this because you say his name better than I say it. So, Kale Baker. Kyle Baker. at Luke's Green Saber. Right, I, did you change your name, Kyle? Is it has it always been Luke's Green Saber? I think it has been. 
Or is that a recent change? If it is, I approve. If it isn't, I still approve. That's fine. If it's if that's been his screen name, he's it's like so topical. Yeah, very topical. (laughs) So Uh, hot right now. Yeah. And then uh, we have an Instagram winner, which is uh, wrestles with dogs. Yeah. Wrestles don't know this person's dogs. name, so I'm yeah. sorry that I don't know your name, but wrestles with dogs, you won. Um, yeah, you won. Again, there's a story there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very interesting. All right. Now it is time to get into the good stuff because uh, we took a little break. Now we're going to dive into everything that's been going on news-wise in Star Wars. Not a lot of news, but a lot of cool stuff and uh, things popping up on social media and that sort of thing. So we're going to dive in right now, and James is going to take us along the Resistance Report. <laughs> All right, guys, like John was alluding to earlier, we're going to go ahead and get into the Mandalorian, the Disney Plus Mandalorian gallery, um, the kind of behind the scenes show. We have done, um, you know, we did like every episode of the Mandalorian season one, and then we brought the Mando fan show back to do all of the gallery episodes. And uh, this season, they kind of did something a little bit different, and it and it was just the one episode, and it fell on you know the holiday break and all this other stuff. So we just decided instead of doing a wrap up episode and a gallery episode, or even to mix the two together, since we're going to try to focus on the whole season on the regular Mando fan show. Here we are. We're just going to talk about it right now. Um, they dropped this episode, and it basically covered all the directors, you know, all the props, all the new storylines and everything like that. So we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Um, because I, I mean, we normally like to start with John on these main stories, but I got to go to Lacey first. Cause Lacey, th- this is your, this is your game right here. You just, this is what you love <laughs> about star Wars more than anything, I think. Um, so I want to hear your takes on the Disney gallery Mandalorian season two. So, I just want to make sure I watched this today, which I know everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, what do you mean you waited? I wanted to wait so that I got my fresh thoughts for the episode. I mm-hmm. didn't want to watch yeah. it and then sit on it for a week. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, before I get into my notes, which I took diligent notes on my phone, they didn't mention Luke Skywalker. They left that out. They did not. Which I was very surprised about. So we're going to get that out of the way because I know everyone's like, so what do you think about that? They didn't talk about it, so I can't have any thoughts. That being mm-hmm. said... Overall, I thought it was super fun. It was longer than I thought it was going to be. I know it's only one thing, but it felt longer than I thought. Um, Overall, it kind of harps on the things that we heard in the first season of Gallery, which is, you know, collaborating as a team. Jon Favreau's the best. Dave Filoni knows his stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the quotes that stood out were Brendan Wayne, which I love that they interviewed these guys on camera. Uh, said that he said, quote, people get caught up in the moments, but he catches the overall story, which he's talking about John Favreau, which was yeah. the highlight for these people working with John Favreau. And his own highlights were talking about how he came on initially to be the executive producer, but then getting to collaborate with all these creative people and being a team and working together is what we got in the first season. They also talked about here, too, which is John Favreau finding those people and putting them in the, the right roles. And one of those things that stuck out to me was they had David Chow do all the graffiti in one of the episodes. And I laughed when he was like, yeah, I was telling John Favreau, you know, you need some graffiti. And John Favreau was like, OK, come on down. And I'm like, what what is the pitch I need to make to John Favreau where I'm like, look, John, I need to do this in the show. And he's like, come on down, Lacey. Sure. Why not? 
Because like it what seems is, like does the Star Wars Galaxy have podcasters? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because yeah. every every time, whether it's Bill Burr, David David Chow, all these people are just like, yeah. He said, oh, why don't you come on down and, and try it out? And they're like, okay. And it's like, why am I not <laughs> that gotta, person that he runs? You gotta like go into. to L.A. and know where he goes to hang out and just accidentally bump into him at like a Whole Foods and like be like juggling fruit and be like, mm-hmm. hey, John, what's going on? Yeah. Do you need a juggler? All right. I'm in the Mandalorian now. Then we just see Lazy juggling like lightsabers. The yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, talk. Bryce Dallas Howard has so much energy. It's awesome to see her working in Star Wars again. And she described how it's like being a six year old in your backyard playing with toys. And it was so wonderful. And then I was just blown mm-hmm. away overall, which I'm sure everybody else was, too, with how much went into the season with building out what they already knew, which we kind of got hints at early on with yeah. interviews over the summer with John Favreau, which was he was like, oh, well, now we know what the volume can do. We've built on that. They definitely did. Mm-hmm. They put a full tank in the boat for the boat scene, like yeah. in front of the volume. They put water in front for the Ahsoka episode. Like all this stuff happened that you were like, OK, so they have the volume, which is this overall amazing thing. And then they were like, no, okay, we've done that. Let's now take it to level 100 over that. Like the crate Dragon, how they built not just the head of the thing, they built the that whole entire amazing. thing. Yeah. And even if the sand was covering it, the, the whole thing is still there running in the render, which is just so cool to me. Um, but yeah, it, so it was super an- another fun. Thing, another thing about that that they said they added and they pushed the limitations of that I was really blown away by was they... To, they shot miniatures yes. and put the miniatures into the screens mm-hmm. and then when they're moving it around the miniatures were in, inside the screens and they became part of the like um, the background effect and so they were able to do those like those piles of TIE fighters and stuff and, and that was 3D like, animation too or the stop motion they did for the background tippet. yeah yeah so I mean I, I was just I was like, it's so crazy the the things that they're coming up with. It's reminding me of like when you go back and watch these people, they were like, Well, there was no way to do it. So we just did it. You know, we just created yeah. some way to do it. Yeah. And it feels like you're watching it and it's this weird thing. It's like it's like if everybody always went right, all of a sudden their slides were like, well, we didn't want to go right, so we went left. And I was like, why has nobody ever gone left before? Right. It feels like so obvious it's right there, but it, it, I was just blown away in this episode yeah. watching them describe this stuff. It was a pure joy to watch Dave Filoni this season. I feel like we got to know him a lot in the first gallery season, and I've talked to Dave before in person at celebrations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's always got this kind of calm, straight, no, wait, very calm, <laughs> serious demeanor to him. Like he wasn't a very jokey guy. Like he was just, mm-hmm. he meant business. I get it. Um, in this season of gallery, he was cracking jokes. He was smiling nonstop. He was so excited. He had no cowboy hat. What happened to it? He was wearing a baseball cap. Uh, but, like there was one time where he turned John Favreau and he goes, spinning's a good trick. And I was like, yeah, look yeah. at you. Look at you cracking Star Wars jokes. Um, Which is another thing. They were, they were were He was talking about yes. how they did the, the Slave One thing. Yeah. And that's another pushing of the, um, the volume. I think. Pumping up the volume. That's what <laughs> I think overall, <laughs> I really, really liked this one because we saw more of what was my critique of the first season, which was. 
you have all these cameras following you around. Why are we doing these like roundtable discussions with small glimpses of behind the scenes? This one, they mm-hmm. literally had camera people following them around, which I loved. Um, yeah. And getting to see George obviously was really cool. Um, but they all just really take it seriously. And yeah. I think it it kind of should knock those fans down a couple pegs online that are like, these people don't care. The, you know, it's all about money. If you watch you this, think. there is no way you can <laughs> say that from the way that Robert Rodriguez yeah. shot the whole episode in his backyard with his kids and action figures to like the way that everyone was just having so much fun being there. It makes it reminds me not only of why I love Star Wars, but why I love video production and this kind of stuff to begin with. It's that idea that everybody's working together and like, oh, you can't do something, but this guy's going to come in. You know, John Knowles, like, let me go shoot this for you guys and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just it was really cool. Yeah. I could go on for hours about this, like how fun it was to watch. I think the first uh, this may be just me speculating wrongly. Who knows? Uh, and why not start off? the year by doing that but uh <laughs> tin spoils hats i feel like the fr- yeah the, the first season almost seems like they're like um we have some footage behind the scenes stuff like what if we put this thing together so let's mm-hmm. do some let's talk about it and do these round tables after the fact and then put in this footage and then for the second season they're like we're doing it again so let's make sure we do a lot more behind the scenes filming that's that was my uh, my view they interviewed everyone in this season, seemingly that, except that's the weird Luke that stuff. you say that, John. Go ahead. Sorry, James. go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just because I feel like it was almost kind of the opposite. Like the last oh, one was we go, like, folks. we're gonna do, we're <laughs> gonna do this thing where they lay everything out and they have this round table. Yeah. And every episode has its own theme. After though, and and what? After though, like they the, like that was a more recent filming the roundtable stuff. They're like, all right, let's come in and let's put the show together by doing these roundtables. No, I know, but they but they put so much focus on the roundtable and the discussion that because they were like only half an hour episodes or whatever, they didn't show a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Whereas this one, they were like, eh, do they need the roundtable stuff? I don't know. It's just. Let's just show the footage. I actually like it. Almost seemed and, more thrown together, but in, but in a good yeah. way. Like it's a, like it's okay that it happened that way. Sure. But it it felt more like anytime there was not an, an uh, a little interview or a snippet from what somebody wanted to say or something very specific a clip they wanted to show, they just threw in a random clip. And and th- it was enjoyable right. to us because we're like, oh, that's Robert Rodriguez just sitting there looking at the monitor, but like to the person who's probably putting it together there's like there's nothing really interesting but i need to make this like 40 minutes or whatever so they just kind of like threw in random stuff that was cool yeah i thought this was i thought this was better than the way they did the first round um Mm -hmm. even though it was just an hour um it's really all i needed um Mm -hmm. where the other one i felt like they were just stretching it out for content purposes like we're gonna put eight more episodes of this and that sort of thing so I, i i enjoyed this and you know I, there must be a rule with all behind-the-scenes documentaries that you have to start with a cold open before you get into anything. And that's like the, that's like the artistic thing. It's like, all right, let's start with some voices in the background. We'll roll a droid by, and and we'll set the tone that way. But um, I think what what really stood out to me with this, besides my one thing that like made me bite my knuckles, which I'll get into at the end of my point. I know is, what you're gonna say is um, you know, the balance between the creators involved here and um i love how they 
wanted to make it so abundantly clear that Pedro Pascal was in the suit because they showed him in the suit in pretty much every episode with his helmet off behind the scenes, like in the classroom or, you know, doing this or having the ship and hanging from that or, you know, whatever. The fights they Mm -hmm. didn't, though, which I was surprised. They showed the stunt guys doing it. I was like, oh, that's cool. They like didn't let him take credit for everything. Right. Um, but you know, you have them, you know, P- Pascal talking about Filoni. He's like, when, and you know, in Dave's chapter, that's where we really bring in the nuance and he introduces uh, all these deep rooted things to the history of Star Wars through the Clone Wars and with Ahsoka and stuff. And then you have Favreau, who they're like, this guy just, this guy knows how to deliver in terms of mm-hmm. telling a story. And we all love working with him and we can't believe his vision. And then you mm-hmm. have like a guy like Robert Rodriguez who has just this very pure innocence to him in terms of how Favreau came up with the idea of making the show, which is, you know, a guy playing with his action figures. And he's like, listen, I loved Boba Fett since I was nine years old. I had the toys. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying the word cool. He didn't need to look for some uh, polysyllabic word to sound more like an artiste. He's like, his ship was cool. His armor was so cool. That character was just so cool. And that's, how he made that episode and the fact that he said like i don't know if boba fett's coming back after this or what he's doing after this so i guess the book of boba fett thing wasn't something that was being tossed around a lot on set of mandalorian season two because robert rodriguez or they told him not to he yeah but he said he made that chapter not knowing what the future of the character was so he needed to deliver boba fett how he as a kid Mm -hmm. always felt like boba fett should live up to his potential and Mm -hmm. damn it did he uh in that Mm -hmm. episode so that i loved everything about robert rodriguez's purity and like almost like innocence, but also like his laid back way. Because um, a lot of people were like, I can't believe his thing was shot on high noon and stuff. It's like everything he did was on purpose. He, there was an intent to why he did what he did. And I love that he just has that kind of chill vibe. And he's in, in, I don't know, it's something I guess you don't think of when you think of big Hollywood productions and that sort of thing. So I liked, I liked, he was a standout to me for this. But then, uh, I mean, I love the whole thing. Be- behind the scenes Star Wars stuff, whether it's the J.W. Rinsler books or the... Mm-hmm. The Empire of Dreams documentary about the original trilogy, the Episode One documentary. I love all that stuff so much. So this is he I, said Boba is back, and I thought it, I was like, is he going to say Boba is back? back hey? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all these things, like I, I just I love all this stuff. So I hope they give me more. Like you said, Lacey, I hope they do the you know maybe they'll dedicate a whole episode on Luke Skywalker or that sort of thing. Maybe that's why they're isolating it. I just um, I wanted to see Mark so bad. I, I think and, and look. I know that's cheesy, but I really wanted to see Mark doing it. I wanted to see him on set. I wanted to see him happy. I think because the last guys- time I saw him in a behind the scenes thing, he was like crying. Yeah. Oh, to yeah. be fair, in Last Jedi or um, Rise of Skywalker, he was very happy. He did the whole lifting of the ship thing. Yeah. But I'm saying like to the detailed extent we saw him in the director and the Jedi, I really wanted to see him playing this Luke again. Do you think they didn't have people on set for his appearance, which is why? I think that this was probably completed a while ago, this documentary. I think this was done because mm-hmm. you have to remember, with the exception of a couple shots where people were wearing masks, which I made note of, uh, a lot of it wasn't with masks. Yeah. So I would assume that they shot a lot of it or either earlier this year in 20, well, not this year, last year, 2020, or even earlier than that in 2019. So I think that they probably shot Luke stuff later and like you said, on a closed set. But I think they also edited this so much earlier that they didn't put it in there just in case it leaked. Because if this stuff leaked, sure. it wouldn't have it would have been like, OK, cool. But yeah. then the Luke actually thing- 
I wasn't alluding to it being a closed set or being COVID related. I was relating to like, they were like, Hey, we have these people and they're here and they shoot this, the, the gallery show or whatever. Sure. Do they need to be here for Hamill's appearance? Mm, mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. G- okay. No, we've, we, we will cover enough footage for the gallery right. episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. That could be, um, yeah. without, without having to have them on set for this because they are another, um, issue you know or liability to that getting leaked or something so i took it as the leak thing only because Mm -hmm. of the way john favreau talked about it on good morning america and how scared he was and like yeah if that isn't enough for leakers to be like okay come on guys we're kind of being jerks then i don't know what is because he was so so scared didn't uh, stephen ford was telling us that he heard something about it a week before yeah he heard about luke a week before so they were probably yeah. like starting to like get simmers about it, and Fowler was mm-hmm. probably like, "Get here, get here, get that date here now, like please, you know." But the, at the end of the day, he shouldn't the have to feel like that. That's oh, so I agree. I agree. It must yeah. have been just so stressful for it to get out to that point, even for yeah. like, people like Hal Hickel, who are so involved in the uh, animation and art development, all that, all that stuff. They're sure. probably just like, "Come on, hang on." But my last point. I mean, we can go on. Here I mean, it comes. We, can I guess what it is? No, because I, I, I need to be theatric about this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, because we have other stories we have to get to. Okay? We can go on about this gallery thing. We'll probably revisit it and other stuff. But sure. Yeah. <sighs> Carrie Beck, uh, <laughs> VP of Live Action Series Development, Story Group, Lucasfilm Executive, all these people talking about how they rebuilt Jabba's Palace set. And she goes, We know how much people wanted to see Jabba's Palace back in the Star Wars stories. And I'm just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me right now. <laughs> because nobody that's a Boba fan said they wanted Jabba's Palace back. That is a fact. Yeah, that is a like, fact, Carrie. All right, so Carrie Beck is saying that she knows that fans want to see Jabba's Palace back in Star Wars. They rebuild an entire set of it to a T to the can- to the to the wind chime down the staircase. They redo. They can't they, do it in the volume. Yeah, they update all the digital assets of the exterior for modern. Uh, technology and, and hd or whatever you want to call it where they film it in <laughs> and and where does solo a star wars story end where are han and chewie going to Jabba's palace and you just recreated it so it's like another thing off the checklist that makes solo 2 happen it's like well i don't know it'd be a lot to reconstruct Jabba's palace and i don't know it's not something i don't know if disney wants to do that they just they, they did it so that's one excuse that's gone so just he- and hearing her saying that i'm like you know the fans want it you hear it like what is going on so i i'm either like in part of my brain the positive like new year 2021 positive everyone's so good everyone's so good i'm like that's more proof that they're gonna do this because now they have another (laughs) asset created they have a set created they have the digital assets recreated of Jabba's palace done it exists they need to build it or put that solo budget into that it's there and then the other part of me is like that's just it they're just doing it for just that. And it's just... I like, literally... I don't know. I, it's I just had totally in my... crazy. I did the Jim Carrey gif from Liar Liar the... Oh, come on! Like, <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had in my notes, quote, they have the Jabba setback, dash, let's go, Solo. <laughs> I Yeah. I mean, I like so, that. I don't know. What? Let, I guess before we move on, James, what do you guys think that's a um, another sign of optimism for uh, revisiting Han and Chewie after Solo? Or do you think it's just one of those... They made it, and that that it's isolated in its own thing. I I guess my, I guess it is 
totally for what they're what they've already announced. I mean, they had to do it for this shot. Yeah, yeah. And they had and they're probably going to do it as a long-term piece cuz he's setting up shop there. It's not it's like he went now, there and yeah. was like got his gun back and then left or something like that. It's so it's going to be a um a main piece for this new show. So they probably said, Hey, if we have to do it, we might as well do it. Then we have a full fledged asset for the entirety of this show. It's just, I don't know if they are, I mean, I'm sure somebody has, it's probably crossed somebody's mind, but they're not thinking of it the same way we are as we go. That's an asset you could use for this other project. Um, they're, they've, they've probably, honestly, if they've really thought to that degree, they're probably ticking off five other projects that they said oh, this could be good down the line if we ever decide or we ever get greenlit on blank project um but that's probably happening for every one of the the sets yeah, or assets right. they make for yeah. anything um but you're right i mean it's like it's right there and they're saying that and it's like it's just it's frustrating because you said it before, like nobody, nobody was asking for this. That, that's a Boba Fett fan. Like the fans yeah. really wanted to see us revisit here. It's like, not, not really just like the fans of like the people who saw the end of solo who were like, yeah, I want to, I want to see this continue. Um, it's just so I, funny. it never crossed my mind that we would in any sort of live action, go back to that palace, uh, post, his death right post Jabba's death yeah. like go back to the palace when Jabba's still alive yes absolutely it, back into before Solo and Clone Wars era and stuff all that could be really cool that's there how, but how does I, uh, not really uh, in like anyone, Mandalorian era is, 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 there had to have been a camera or somebody on that set that obviously they didn't capture and put out in this documentary of people being like yeah you know this you know all those people with that whole solo thing. Like everyone wants you know to make solo to happen and all the stuff online. Like they would flip their nuts. They would go nuts if they saw what we were doing right now. And you know those those, those types of conversations are happening because they, Filoni was talking about fan mm -hmm. speculations about Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and he was yeah. right that yeah. So they yeah. talk about what fans talk about. So there, you know that when they were building this Jabba's thing, there were at least some people that are like, oh man, you know, all the people that want more solo, they would go nuts if they saw this set right now. And it's just I like, think... they have to know it's so set up on a freaking tee. Han and Chewie are leaving to go to that place at the end of Solo, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Maybe it's another Book of Boba Fett thing where it's like they have the plans, but they didn't announce it. Maybe. I I, all I know is when Carrie Beck said that, I was like, that is all she's talking about. Because there are no fans online that are like, well, I wish Boba Fett would take over for Jabba's palace. Like, well, nobody's saying that. Only fans are saying, I want to see Jabba with Solo. I want to see a Jabba puppet. I, I want to see this. I just hope that's uh, not that their compromise. Like, you uh, wanted Jabba's palace, there it is. And that's all you're getting now. Right. Well, the thing that stuck out to me about Jabba's palace in particular was Dave Filoni was talking about how not only did they rebuild it to all the certain details and everything because they wanted to create the same situation again but also because they were paying homage to all the people that worked on it right. and all the legacy people that came before them and all the people that are the reason they have jobs and which i really really loved the original blueprints yes and i loved that Amazing. and it played into like robert rodriguez said um they stayed true to the roots of what george was doing yes so that's super important and george also was 
always listening to fans as well. And we know this from our conversations with uh, J.W. Rinsler and stuff of like he was always kind of listening and what was going on. Like you said, John, they have to know. They have to know. And that's where this is going, especially because Solo's character mentions Jabba in Solo. Well, I mean, the the one, the person right under Kathleen Kennedy, as far as I know, she still is. We haven't heard from her. Michelle Regewan told yeah. confirmed to James that she's they're well aware of mix they all are yeah I mean they have to I, I, I guarantee someone on that look, set said man imagine it, if solo came back <laughs> look and I know I know some of our audience right now they're like oh yeah we get it you know you guys want the solo too and I most of you are behind the move and stuff like that it's just I mean come on even the people who it's don't right want there. solo come on that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying so <laughs> Um, well, let's move into our, uh, second official story here. And the reason I, uh, this should be an easy little, uh, move into Mm -hmm. it because it's just that the Mandalorian season three was in, is in pre-production as announced by Jon Favreau on Good Morning America. And that is where he in fact dropped the, the next bomb, which was that, uh, you know, Disney just announced all these shows. We've got one more for you. We wanted to wait until the last episode so that we didn't spoil the surprise there. Um, so it's all part of the plan, but we got another one for you. It's called The Book of Boba Fett, and he revealed the logo yeah. on Good Morning America. So, um, so yeah, another full-fledged project. And uh, I think post- his appearance, we kind of got a little more confirmation that that is in fact the thing that comes out December 2021, and the Mandalorian season two or season three will not return until 2022. I don't. I, this is. I'm, I don't know if it's been clear yet. I'm it's frustrated kind of confusing. about that because it's it's so cloudy and confusing. I think everyone's confused because first you had people thinking that this is this is going to be Mandalorian season three. That's what I thought. Yeah. So that, but even after the announcement, people are still confused on that. Like right now, today, as we speak, people are thinking, oh, that's replacing Mandalorian season three. It's not. They're still two separate things. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think what Favreau said is we're starting production on Mandalorian season three after production of Book of Boba Fett. I don't, I, I think it'll follow it up. I still think there's a chance, depending on when they start filming the Mandalorian season three, that it could come out at the end of 2021. Uh, I don't think it'll be much further behind it, though, because like we've talked about on the Mando Fan Show and on this podcast, it's their, it's their like we talk about Darth Vader's their character Golden Goose. Right now, the Mandalorian's the Golden Goose of Star Wars, so you don't want to yeah. put that off too far to test your water, you know, the waters in other areas that aren't proven right now. Um, but what I gotta say is, and what I love about this, I guess, is, you know. John Favreau did the Mandalorian because he couldn't do Boba Fett because they had the movie that was still in development. And because of that circumstance where he wasn't allowed to do it, we got the Mandalorian out of it. And now on top of it, he's getting to do Boba Fett stuff. So it's almost like it's good that that happened back then. Otherwise, it would have just been John Favreau doing a Boba Fett series. Now he did the Mandalorian, which is unbelievably amazing and successful. And we're getting the cherry on top. He's getting to do his Boba Fett stuff now. Uh, it's just so this is so cool so i and you know i do i hope it doesn't i want to see the boba fett thing and i do think it's going to be a limited project um they haven't specified Mm -hmm. that but i think it is going to be like a limited type of project um kind of like a let's let's give him his service and do boba fett the right way sort of thing uh and robert rodriguez is involved in this right so that's pretty cool uh but i 
I don't want it to push the Mandalorian out too far, but I don't think it will because I think Favreau and Filoni are just producing uh, the Boba Fett show. They're not doing hands-on stuff. So I think it's still, the Mandalorian is still their primary creative focus. So I'm good there. Yeah, Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm excited that we're getting more Star Wars content. I'm always going to be pumped no matter what it is. Um, I know this adds a little bit more wait for me for the bad batch because as fennec shand in it so i kind of feel like mm. i have to collect all the fennec shand content before i get to mm. book of boba fett um i'm excited to see where it goes but at the same time i don't i'm glad that he's getting his own series because then that means that he's gonna leave the mandalorian alone for now because i feel like there were so many awesome characters this season that there were come some episodes that the Mandalorian kind of took a little bit of a backseat, so I hope that he gets back into that that forward position. Um, the logo's cool. I mean, it's very, like, I don't know, kind of, like, army-ish, I guess you'd say. It's not like, I don't look at it and I'm it like, feels, oh, it's, it's similar cool. to the Bad Batch logo, isn't it? It is. It is. It feels standard to me, and, and I think um, that was a little bit of a criticism when it came to all the like when they did the Marvel thing and they put up all the logos of all the different things, people were like, all these logos just felt like they were like, I don't know, Lando with like a cool font and like didn't yeah. really like do something yeah, yeah, with yeah. it. Um, and that's kind of like how Marvel always is too. They just kind of, I mean, each thing has its own logo, but it's just kind of like something they kind of put together that kind of invokes the the feeling think- of the, the property or the show or whatever, which isn't a bad thing, but sure. you see it and you're like, yeah, it looks like it looks like Boba Fett. Star Wars ever <laughs> known? Book of Boba Fett looks like Boba Star Fett. Star Wars yeah. is ever known for t- like flashy, good title logos. Like the original. I mean, the Star Wars logo itself is a pretty flashy, awesome logo. Right, but like the original trailer for the first Star Wars ever was like Times New Roman in white, and they're like the Star yeah. Wars coming to theaters this May. It's still graphically cool though. Like no, I would I think agree. that yeah. the Taika Star Wars we saw was super cool. <laughs> That's cool. But I, I don't know. Again, not important. I won't no, buy the t-shirt yeah. with the logo. However, I'm excited for the show itself. Yeah. And I'm getting a Boba Fett helmet next to the Val. Star Wars How dare Christmas you raffle. bring that up right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I went on a on a rabbit. What is it? Rabbit chase? Rabbit hole? Uh, Down no, the rabbit not hole? A rabbit's yeah. foot. I don't, rabbit's foot. A wild goose chase, I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I was just, trying to. Are we just naming rabbits? Which, which, an, which yeah, animal so. is it? <laughs> I pulled the rabbit out of a hat and no. Um, what a chicken hunt? I just I kept I kept diving into links to try to figure out a rabbit you know, hole. What Disney you has went down the rabbit hole. You went down a rabbit hole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, on their official statement of or whether they're indicating uh, that the Mandalorian season three is in fact coming Christmas twenty twenty one. But I had to go through like five different pages to even get to the thing that was like a long time ago. So ultimately, you're right. There was, there's no clarification on that. And it is very confusing. But It's confusing because um, Book of Boba Fett said December 2021. Mandalorian, they said December 25th, 2021. So it's like, okay, they're both obviously what, in the same month. But would they... Isn't that what they said during that... That webcast with Kathleen Kennedy that Mandalorian yeah. season three is coming out. Twenty five Christmas because we all said on the thing, "Wow, Christmas." I don't know. She said, "Well, Je she said the next chapter of the Mandalorian is coming Christmas twenty twenty. Yes, with a Mandalorian logo. Yes. Was there a Mandalorian 
with the logo. logo. Next to it her? was the Mandalorian the logo, logo that came up on the screen. Well, let's bring pull that back up because if that's the case, then that solves yeah. that. But yeah, the, the waters have but, been yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think I have a whole lot to add to Book of Boba Fett that no, that other people haven't heard a million times. You know what I mean? It looks cool, looks interesting, kind of tied into what you said, Lacey, the Bad Batch, um, with Fennec Shan and all this. So there's probably some more stuff that we want to, um, uh, read in this coming year or look into in this coming year. That's going to lead into that as well, and that's what I love about Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. Um. <laughs> Now, uh, the very last thing, um, one of our main stories is just that Mark Hamill publicly thanked John Favreau and Dave Filoni for the return of Luke Skywalker. And this happened um, on Twitter, and it wasn't anything crazy, but he tweeted the photo of, uh, you know, that dark Luke or whatever with the green lightsaber all lit up, and that's pretty much, you know, all you can see. Um, and uh, just had some really nice things to say, um, which was uh, sometimes the greatest gifts are the most unexpected and something you never realized you wanted until it was given. Hashtag thank you, John and Dave. Um, so I think this is um, kind of contrary to his experience in the movies. Yeah. Um, and this is probably what, uh, you know, Wallacea said too, like, that didn't feel like my Luke Skywalker, and I think Mark Hamill himself agrees with this. This felt to a lot of fans and probably to Mark himself as a, a feel-good return of the Luke Skywalker that um, he remembers or he always wanted that character to portray. So, Yeah, I um, think the thing here that people need to remember is that it's a personal preference. It's not right. It's mm-hmm. not wrong. No one's saying anything is better than the other. It's just a personal preference. Um, But I get it. You know, someone like Mark that spends their whole life picturing Luke Skywalker as this hero from Return of the Jedi. And then what he got in the sequel trilogy, whether you liked it or not, he openly has said he didn't. So to get him to get to play himself from the time that he considered to be the ultimate hero is is really good i it was crazy of course mark hamill anytime he does anything it goes nuts so he did this and it was trending on twitter for like two days thank you uh john and dave um so it's just one of those feel good things it's the holiday season you feel good about it mark's happy you wanted to know what his reaction was going to be because at this time all he had said really is like is there anything good on television like he really hadn't responded to it so i look forward to seeing an interview with him about it that's why i was kind of excited about the gallery thing but um it was a feel good thing for me i was happy for him i um yeah i like you said before the the preference thing I don't know that there really is a preference like like if it's like do you like this Luke Skywalker or this Luke Skywalker cuz to me it's the same Luke and Skywalker. And that's that's so, exactly what I'm saying actually yeah. James. I just feel yeah. like sometimes people have said things to me as of the Mandalorian episode where I said this is the Luke that I love, the personal preference and people were like, "Well, you clearly don't get the character." And I'm like, "That's not what I'm saying." <laughs> so I understand what you're saying is, "Oh, yeah. it's not this or that. It could be both." Absolutely. That's your view of it. Yeah. I think fans need to be careful with um, the nuance, especially on social media. Nuance is pretty lost because um, you could say Absolutely. something and people could take it in a context that they their brain sees it because they're ready to attack as opposed to seeing, oh, how is this person delivering that when they're typing it? Uh, 
and you know we've said that so many times uh that's why i like saving my takes a lot for the podcast because you can understand where i'm going it's not 120 characters or 20 characters or whatever but you know and, and fans weaponizing luke skywalker as a character is like the least the, the the least luke skywalker thing possible it's like you're taking something and you're being possessive over it. It's, a, it's almost like a Sith mentality, being like, "No, this is how it's supposed to be, and this is what Luke Skywalker sure, is." Sure, sure. It's just ugly and nasty. And like, who would have thought that Mark Hamill being excited about Luke Skywalker returning in Star Wars uh, is, is looked at as a toxic or, or potentially toxic causing thing? And it's just that social media bubble again that people need to you know step away from and realize it's a lot smaller than you think but it's a lot of loud voices when you're dialed into those social media apps but i think this is great um it makes me wonder if he was involved at all in the production of this thing because he says it's a pleasant surprise knowing that they probably got his blessing but i don't know that mark hamill was on set doing any stand-in work just for the sake of doing it and because they said they had another guy they mentioned who the guy was who was the The guy that Right. The guy that did all the stunt work makes sense. But the scene where the doors open and someone walks in, it does kind of look like Mark. Like when he showed up on uh, Kimmel and uh, Adam Scott lost his mind. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that is exactly how I would react if that yeah. happened to me, by the way. Hands that's shaking. the gif I, That is the exact gif I use every time Mark like likes something of mine yeah. or responds to me. I use the Adam Scott gif. But yeah. Yeah, no, it looked like Mark when he was just standing there, yeah. which I feel like they could get away with the standing there thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see how and, they did it. But, but, you know, Mark Hamill and for people who love uh, like The Last Jedi is like their favorite Star Wars movie and they love the director and the Jedi. Like, I, I love it, too. Um, and one important thing you got to take away from that documentary, the um, director and the Jedi is Mark Hamill saying, I don't own Luke Skywalker. I'm just his vehicle or whatever he said. It's something sure, to that sure. effect. So if the guy who played Luke Skywalker through for 40 plus years can understand that he doesn't own Luke Skywalker, we as fans sure as heck don't. So uh, I think we need to remember that. And even though, you know, we have platforms and we can, you know, get attention and, and retweets and thread stuff and explain things to people how that should be. It, it, you don't you don't own anything. Everyone can like a yeah. character how they like it, and and I think that's okay. I think that's cool. I think with Luke in particular, and I'm sure there's other characters in different franchises where people feel the same way. Um, but with Luke in particular, with me, it's a very personal thing. It's a very personal connection to this character that I've had my whole life, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. So I guess I'm also saying to people online and just in general. Um, Take that as an understanding that the way you interpret Luke might be different from someone else and neither way is right or wrong. It's just how someone personally connected with that character and also being understanding of letting them connect that way. Because I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you don't get Luke. And I'm like, no, someone that's liked Luke since eight years old clearly gets Luke. Like they like him for who he is. But it's just like. He's a very important character to a lot of people. So just celebrating that and celebrating why you love him yeah. is just as easy as why you hate and something else. I'm sure they ran it by George Lucas, considering he's been on set. <laughs> like, I'm sure Dave Floney's right. like, hey, George, I know you created this character. So maybe we should let you know that Luke's coming back in The Mandalorian. I loved the the George clips that they included, which stuff, obviously they didn't show him talking at all, but just like him smiling mm -hmm. with Rosario Dawson. And then just him, him smiling. See George Lucas smile in 2020. Because he doesn't isn't shown smiling very often anymore. He was having a blast with Grogu. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
One other quick thing, because you guys said this, real, and I was like, oh, I didn't, I don't, you guys might have different takes on this, because I don't think we actually talked about this on Mando Fan Show. You guys don't think it was Mark Hamill? Because no, I, I do. do know, I think it was him walking okay, you, oh, in. I do. don't think it was okay. him doing the stunt work. I, yeah, and that's been confirmed. Yeah. They already they already came out with that person. But the, to me, because I've talked to my uh, friends about this, was that... Um, Where are your friends? Thanks no, a I mean, lot, my, James. Uh, what, a, what, what, a, yeah, what a reveal in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> the truth's God. coming out. <laughs> you guys have such great chemistry. It's because we're not friends. I have... I have my, my hood up and then I pull it down and I'm like, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Um, but I was talking to them about this and and it was kind of this thing where they said, I don't know what kind of technology they were using for his face, you know, because obviously it's CG and it's not a real person. And I was like, well, my understanding of it, and I, this isn't based on any factual, but like what I'm looking at and what I can kind of speculate from what I'm thinking is the credits say Mark Hamill. So he did something he was involved in this and it wasn't like he just gave his blessing so if mark hamill was involved then i imagine he was either there or he lent his voice or both and then they my friend was like well what kind of what do you think they did like is that a digital double like they they shot footage of him and then they replaced him like they did in rogue one or do you think it's like a deep fake like they're doing on the internet and i was like i don't think they've done this yet but they're probably using de-aging technology like they're doing in a bunch of other movies um sure. a la um what's the tony what's the stark one that yeah or anything, yeah, Russell anything along and those guardians lines. too yeah or all the marvel stuff yeah um, so I think that's probably what they were doing. And it in fact was him there and him talking. And I think they also probably de-aged his voice or they did like a deep fake voice type thing, which is actually way easier to do. They could do it with AI. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's way easier to do than anything visual with video because, uh, the computer just kind of is like, which able to put a voice together. That walk looks like his, I'm telling you no, when he uh, walks you, in, it looks like probably him. right. I, I just thought it was interesting. He used those choice of words, like, a uh, like almost like he was surprised by it. Um, I, I mean, think he was surprised mm -hmm. that they asked him to come back because they could have done it without I, that him. or he was surprised how well yeah. it turned out. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the whole gamut. Of yeah. There. And, and just in general, like, like somebody like privately Dave Filoni or Dave Favreau might be able to, um, Dave or John Favreau Dave. might be. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was like something in there didn't sound right. Um, Filoni and Favs. But they might be able to say, Hey, Hey, I know, I know how you felt about the movies. C come down here. We, we, we got, we want to do something with you. We, you're the guy. We, we know how you feel. We want to bring you in and do this. So it's a pleasant surprise. This little gift, you know, kind of thing it's not his face or anything like that but it but it's him and he got to do it and and it brought the character back yeah. so what one one um, thing real quick before we get into other stuff james that i didn't bring up before is uh the camaraderie between favreau and filoni uh seems more realized in this recent documentary in terms of a couple of buddies mm -hmm. joke with each other and bust each other's chops like it's not that combative creative thing where it's like we're not close enough to rib each other we're at the point now where we can like poke each other a bit and understand that it's out of love like mcclunky like we can't do the that. mcclunky thing yeah or, yeah, or, or, <laughs> yeah him talking about um the, the dark saber the dark yes. saber yeah or that yeah. and then you see feloni just like walking down the catwalk and high-fiving somebody like everyone's in the pocket on, on this show and then 
uh, the cherry on the Sunday has to be, you know, obviously Mark Hamill uh, praising the two of them for doing this. <laughs> if if there was ever a rumor that those two didn't get along on set or something, I think there like, are. What are you talking about? Pedro Pascal walking <laughs> off sets and stuff, right? I just find the McClunky thing really made me laugh out loud when he's like, "What if we did McClunky?" And Dave Filoni was like, "No, no, absolutely." Like I feel like he's the one that's reining Favreau in. He's like, "No." No, his, his fun take on that was that he goes like you say it before you die, but like it means like a play on words lights out. So what if he says it before no. we die, <laughs> the lights out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it means lights out, right? which also. Yeah, which also reminds me of the quote from Carl Weathers, who said, you know, you have an audience with an expertise and awareness that you don't have other places like that to me is the thread throughout this the whole project of the mandalorian season one and two is they are listening to fans they know what fans are saying they know what fans like they do what they like they you know they kind of try to not make people upset so it's just interesting to see what they're doing every episode that they know like oh fans are gonna go nuts about this yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but it's great yeah or they just hope so crazy that they're like (laughs) i i hope they like that because they Every artist creates mm-hmm. and says, I like this and I hope I mean we do that. We will. create stuff that we're like, we yeah. hope people will yeah. connect with this. And, and we're like everything we do, we're like, man, people are gonna like this. Or at least we hope they like this because we, mm-hmm. we but we think it's a good move. Mm-hmm. And that's that's always the thing about this stuff is that you never know. You never know how people are gonna react to it in the long run. Like no movie has ever been made to be bad like on purpose you know like i really want to fail at this i want to spend millions of dollars to fail (laughs) and have a bad reputation as a director (laughs) like every movie or everything does that so um guys before we get into the patreon pod race there were a couple other stories that we just wanted to do like quick things on and that was just the fact that diego luna um star of the star wars and or property that's coming soon um he did say that he was uh excited about it because it reminds him of how they film the movies and they they are not backing down on the scale and everything is very um relatable to how they did rogue one so that was just good news in general i did laugh Uh, how he was like he was like I have to be careful what I say. <laughs> like that yeah, was one of his yeah. quotes. Like I don't know what I'm allowed to say. This is <laughs> yeah. He's always like that. He's like I, I'm gonna. I'm afraid my son yeah. is gonna leak stuff yeah. and all this. Yeah. And the more you hear about this show in terms of the people involved and how they're doing it, it's gonna really uh, have the same feel of Rogue One, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, the other thing was that Chris Pine uh, was being asked about uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and of course Collider uh, threw in a like hey what did you think about Patty Jenkins doing the Star Wars stuff and he made sure to specifically specify that when he was talking to her it wasn't necessarily about his involvement oh, I love how he's like no 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 yeah um, to but be it was clear. That, uh, you know, <laughs> the story, I talked to her about the story and all of it seems really cool. And that, you know, he says, if you want anybody to take a property that has existed before, like the Rogue Squadron content has existed in books and comics and other things like that, and you want to elevate it and bring it to life, Patty Jenkins is the and, one to do and it. This is one of those um, things where it's like, of course, he's going to say, like, imagine they ask him, like, so you haven't been in Star Wars. Patty, yeah. Patty Jenkins doing Star Wars. What are, you, what are your thoughts? He's like, ah. Did you see? Did you see the, the Wonder Woman? 
He's yeah. like, give me another fanny pack. I'm in. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the interesting thing, and I think I think Collider was right to ask the question though, because I got something out of it, and it was the fact that he said, yeah, I talked to her about it. Not about my involvement, but I'm like, but you know, he talked about. He was like, "Yo, can I get in on that?" Like, he definitely, hundred yes, percent. Yeah, I, I, think, I believe the question was even phrased as like, "Hey, I'm a guy from space. I've done Star Trek. Can, give me, can you give me Star Wars? Can I get in Star Wars?" Kind of thing. And he's like, "Well." I'll say this. When I asked her about this other thing, you know, it, it very <laughs> you, clearly implies. Could you imagine he's like, I didn't ask her about it. And then it cuts to him and he's like, so can I be in Star Wars? Like, that's what he goes with. Like, that's the cut yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like just based on that alone and based on how we know Hollywood works, that there's probably a pretty good sign that Chris Pine would be involved in this somehow. Mm. Um, I mean, that's two movies. Or at least audition that- for it. Yeah. Yeah, and potentially three movies because I, I don't know exactly how Wonder Woman 1984 ends because I haven't seen it. But also, I knew how the first one ended and he ended up in the second one. So we never, never know. I don't know. Um, all right. But uh, yeah, Lacey, um, let's move on. Let's get out of Resistance Report and let's go on to the next section. What's up? All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us here in 2021, which includes liking this video, commenting, subscribing, following us on all the different audio platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. Uh, you can follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Or if you want more than that, including over eight mini episodes a month, mailings, Discord chats, etc., you can have a head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting $2 a month, as you go up in the rank, you get more access. So our top tier, our generals, get a chance to be a part of the show, and that's what this segment is. So before we get started... I'm going to thank our current generals. We've had some join over the holidays, which is super exciting. Yeah. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gelnar, Paul Olson, Jake Huchins, uh, Jeff Connery, and Val Trichkoff. Those are the new guys. Sorry if I messed up your name. You got to do it at least once. Okay, so... <laughs> this this time we're welcoming back General Neil, which is exciting. We haven't had him for a little bit. It's been a crazy year from him or for him, so we're excited to have him back. And he, we're asking him, having seen Ahsoka and other animated characters in live action, would you prefer to see Ezra's story continue in animated or live action? So Neil, take it away. Hey John, James, and Lacey, thank you for the great question. Happy New Year's to you. All the viewers, the listeners, and of course all the patrons. Um, The question was kind of tough to be honest. Uh, I am partial to seeing things in animation. I would love to see more animation from Lucasfilm. But I think the way things are going, I would love to see a live action version of Ezra so we could see him in Mandalorian crossover in different episodes of different shows that they've announced. Um, Of course, I'm I'm kind of partial to seeing Robert Coley as uh, Ezra. So I think that'll be really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Um, but now time to tell these guys a story. Uh, Arjun, Aditya, do you guys want to hear the story about Han Solo, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and Chewbacca? Yeah? Yeah. All right, let's go do that. See you guys. Bye. 
Nice job, Neil. Congrats on your baby. I can't believe your your baby's made a premiere on our, I our podcast. It. I knew it. I knew you he was did. Gonna, yeah, you man. did know it. So cute. Um, John, so what did you think of his answer? Um, I mixed bag here, Neil, uh, because <laughs> I know you said you want to see Roll Coley play Ezra and I'm, I'm, I'm all on, on team Taylor Gray to, to continue playing Ezra live. Action. He so has to, been in the volume. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you a little there, but, uh, one beautiful baby, by the way, uh, excellent pod race for the for the baby um i think you tied jeremy now for youngest person on a on a pod race now that you both had i think he beat on. olivia did he maybe yeah because it's, i think his baby's like a three days a old. day <laughs> but uh you did a great job neil as always uh, i know you had a heck of a 2020 so as we turn the corner i know you're just as uh, happy as we are to uh to enter a new year um i do like what you're saying you know you you love the animation but you like the idea of seeing maybe ezra pop up in all these different potential shows uh it it, it, it widens his net so I, I like that point of view the casting will disagree on a little bit but that's cool uh great job as always my best to your family and happy new year man thanks bud james um, yeah, this is interesting because this is, I feel like this is the first time that I really cared to look into this because I was like, I was like, oh, he said someone's name, uh, Rao Coley. Okay. So who is that? Who is this guy? And I like looked into him because I, I noticed that he didn't say Taylor Gray. So I, I was like, I know there's someone online who's always rallying for the part or whatever. And I looked at this and I was like, oh, I thought I kind of had in my head that this guy was actually the guy from Slumdog Millionaire and Lion, uh, Lion and all that. And it's not. It's someone else. He's the guy from iZombie. Yeah, which I'm like, I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> but but to me, I've always kind of been in the back of my head. I'm like, between Taylor and that other guy who's rallying for it. And I thought it was I thought it was him. Um, but it isn't. Um, I knew that. Hold on, this is getting confusing. <laughs> <laughs> His name's uh, like D- Dave Patel or something like that. Dave Patel is a comedian. That's Dave Attell. No. Oh, Attell. A- I think we're going down a yeah, rabbit hole here. It's yeah. Where are we going with this? Dave Patel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If if he was ever in line to play Ezra and that would have to happen because he's the biggest star by far. Like he's Oscar nominated. And I thought that's who this other guy was, but it wasn't until Neil said I'm on team this guy that I looked into it all. But anyway, uh, that was all very confusing. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Nobody, nobody's happy with what I just said. All right. <laughs> So that's it. Thanks for thanks for tuning the video. Thanks for helping me uh, gain a little bit of clarification here. I guess I don't know. On is that what you call it? Clarification. Well, I have the clarification. I apparently can't deliver it very well. All right. But all these people, I thought, just meshed into one. I was like, I I don't know who. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who any of these people are, really. (laughs) Well, Neil, I think you did a great job. It's great to see with you with your kids um, and having a wonderful, blessed, happy start of the year, which is great. Um, I have to agree with John and disagree with you. I'm sorry. I do think Taylor Gray should play Ezra. After talking with him, 
and just seeing the passion that he has for that character and the understanding of Star Wars and working with Dave and all this other stuff, I was like, he has he has to do it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the Katie Sackhoff stuff where you're like, she gets the character on a level that no one will ever understand, which I loved, by the way, hearing about in Gallery, where she talks about what Dave talked about, how she got it and how he was like, oh, you're going to maybe play. And she was like, yeah, OK. And then it happened. And Bryce being excited. Bryce too. was super pumped. Yeah. So. I want to see that transition happen again for Taylor Gray. I think when talking to him, when he talked about how he was an on-camera actor first before voice actor, just kind of also was one more tick for me. I was like, okay, you've Mm -hmm. been to the volume, tick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've done lightsaber training. (laughs) Uh, So we hope to see it. But great answer. Great to see you and your kids. Really wonderful. Thank you for your support. We love you. You're the best. Thanks so much. And now we're going to go to John and hear from the rest of the community with Ask the Resistance. Right here, baby. (laughs) Please stop. There he is. (laughs) All right. Ask the Resistance time. Let's do it. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? All right. So, yeah, we usually put out a pitch for questions on Twitter at RBATSWNN. But anytime if you want to get on the show with a question that you think is fun or engaging, a deep dive, a discussion base, whatever, uh, use hashtag Ask the Resistance. We'll find it. We'll get you on the show like we did with these folks here. Um, Some we actually pulled from Patreon. So this first one is coming from Count Pepto. Uh, Love the name. Always will Count Pepto. Uh, and his explanation that he gave us as to why he got that name is so funny. But I anyway. also love that his icon is that really ugly <laughs> Mandalorian figure face. Yes, yeah. Um, all right, so he asked, will we ever see another hut on screen in live action? Uh, Lacey, another hut. So uh, beyond Jabba, maybe. But you may have thoughts about Jabba anyway. So thanks for your question, Count Pepto. You are a class act, sir. Um, so first of all, I think we're going to get Jabba the Hutt in Solo 2. I think that's going to happen. We, we all know. Puppet. We're getting a puppet. It's coming back. Carry puppet back. Style. Um, Generally. the interesting thing was during the gallery series, they also did mention huts. They were like, oh, there were other huts. And I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, what does that mean? That must mean that they maybe come to take over. So I think that the huts in general are pretty popular species characters in star wars that it would be really cool to see them on the screen and it would kind of make up for the crazy cgi that they did in the prequels that were just like what what is this um it would be great to see more of a practical effect and or like a mixture of the two so i'm gonna say yes interesting cool i think that would be a lot of fun um all right james uh this one's coming from mike sellers at puck 32 ellers uh will puke Puke. Will the Mandalorian back. <laughs> follow the same path as Rebels as far as having a lot of familiar cameos in season two, but not really many more for the rest of the series? Um, you know, it's funny. I hadn't actually considered a thought about this. Um, actually, I don't really know that I ever thought about it as far as Rebels goes either, but you're absolutely right um, that Rebels season two was like Lando Calrissian and Mon Mothma and... Uh, Actually, I'm not might have been three, but um, Leia and all these other ones. Yeah, there were a lot in season two. And so I'm thinking you might be right because the Mandalorian seems to all these 
little characters that they brought in seem to be like, oh, they brought in Ahsoka. Well, that was because we were going to do the spinoff thing. Or like mm. they brought in Boba Fett. Oh, that's because they were going to do the spinoff thing. I think that there's a pretty good chance that a lot of these characters might just move into their own things and we kind of utilize this as the launching pad in a good way, you know, like Iron Man was the launching pad, you know, but it doesn't make it a bad movie. Um, but it's like, I think, uh, I, I think that you might be right on this and that Mandalorian season three could get back to like the core story and stop having so many of these other ones because they, they wanted, they wanted eyes on Mandalorian, uh, because it's the only thing out there right now. But as soon as they start doing all these different shows and they're competing with Marvel as well, you know what I mean? They want every property to exist on its own with their own characters. So um, so I think you're probably right that Mandalorian Season 3 is going to stick to core stories and stop, um, I don't know, bringing in all the extra stuff. Nice. It's a good question. Good thought. Good, good uh, <clears throat> breakdown. Yeah, a good observation for sure. Um, we'll see what they do. Uh, good answer. All right. Uh, the next one from Mick Elvis. Uh, this one was submitted via Patreon. Uh, they asked, will Grogu be the centerpiece of future Star Wars storytelling? Uh, will we see him grow into adulthood? I So, I mean, <laughs> I, I personally think we will see a lot more of Grogu outside of, uh, in The Mandalorian, but also outside of The Mandalorian. And, I would not shock me at all if they tie him into what happened at Luke's temple and somehow he got away and went into hiding for however period of time because, you know, uh, people who look like Yoda tend to do that sort of thing. So, um, and then we could pick up with him as around that age Yoda was when he started training Jedi. And Someone said he would be 69 years old. So I worked it out. If he's 50 at Mando which is nine years after the Battle of Yavin. That means The Force Awakens takes place 21 years after that. So he would be 71 during the time of The Force Awakens. So if we push that out more, and like Rey comes back in 10 years after the events of The Rise of Skywalker, mm. you can get him into the, his 80s, around 80s, 90. And then he could be more of a realized adult version in terms of full growth. Uh, and it would not... I think it'd be cool if they brought Daisy back and continued that story and then you pull him into it immediately just like you're transcending the, the, the way that character's transcended Star Wars into other pop culture you vault that that saga back up again in that way where you don't need to rely on Luke and, and Han and all that stuff so that'd I, be super cool that would make a lot of sense to me imagine seeing Rey with Grogu that'd be cool as yeah. long as she has her yellow lightsaber that, I'm in and he has, Which she and he has his little a little green or blue, actually blue light. Maybe he has the dark time. saber. Oh my god! <laughs> Grogu rules Mandalore. He. Oh my god! If I had to guess, I mean, I would say I would say maybe they would play with blue with him. I was thinking that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But because um, green tends to be more force sensitive, and not that he isn't, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think he will be. I don't know about centerpiece, but he'll he's gonna be in the mix, and I really think that'd be cool if they team him up with Ray post episode nine stuff, mm -hmm. and that he got mm -hmm. escaped Luke's thing with Kylo Ren. I think that'd be kind of cool. But anyway, thank you everyone for your questions. Uh, like I said, submit them how uh, we talked about before. Uh, but that brings us towards the end of the show. So we want to thank everybody for listening, watching, being a part of the resistance. Uh, if you're new, again, thank you for joining us. Tell a friend. 
Word of mouth is the way we grow, and we have been growing, so we really appreciate that. Make sure you do subscribe because we have two episodes every week, so your preferred platform, of course. Also, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, your reviews. We have editorials, a lot of fun stuff over there. Uh, uh, I did an editorial on how I think uh, the events of A New Hope may give us hints as to what we'll see in the Kenobi series, but we're going to talk more about that on uh, Thursday, where we're going to discuss... Um, our, we'll put our tinfoil hats on and speculate on Vader and what his we think his involvement will be exactly in the Kenobi series. But So your homework is to go read that article right now. Read the article, disagree with me, <laughs> uh, all down the line. That's what we do. Uh, but uh, the Mando Fan Show will be back on Friday again, 8.30 uh, East, live on our uh, on the YouTube channel. So if you're already subscribed there, there you go. Uh, Clayton Sandell will be with us to recap the season. And if you've been keeping track of that Mando code, you'll be able to enter for your chance to win. Um, as far as where you can find us, uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And if you like uh, nostalgia dives of, of other movies, I have another podcast called Just Like the Movies, where me and my best friend Mike talk about old movies, uh, comedies, action movies, all sorts of stuff. So go find us at uh, Just Like the Movies and uh, check me out over there. Or if you don't like me, then then, then there you go. There that is. But anyway, James, <laughs> how about you? Or just watch it for him. <laughs> yeah. He's a smart guy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gilleran. All right, that is it. So uh, welcome back to us, and welcome back to you. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>